Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Glad you're with us here and joining us online. Nice to have you. Just as I was saying, welcome. My watch did that thing where, it, you know, that it's. I have a, this watch is funny. It's like it tells me like during the day, it, little encouraging things like, like good job, you stood up. <laughs> and I want to go really. That we've sunk pretty low. If it, you did it. You stood up. It's really just like that. I don't know if your watch does that, but that's what it's telling me. Good job, you stood up. Good job. We're going to continue on in this series we're doing called Imager and Training. So this series is, uh, is about our restored vocation before the fall. Really, our job was to, God was going to partner with us and we were going to go make the world like Eden. Uh, and in effect, what we would be doing is he created us in his image. We were to reflect him to the world. And so uh, that got all twisted around at the fall, but in Christ now... That's been restored to us. And so we need to know that, that this is what we do. We reflect God to one another and to the world. It's part of our calling. It's what we're all about. And uh, I call it in training because, you know, we, we haven't certainly got it all figured out yet, but we're looking at it and we're asking Holy Spirit to help us. And so we've set this up in the last four uh, meetings and then today. And we're going to talk about mercy. But what we're doing is uh, we're looking at the Beatitudes. And what I want you to get from the Beatitudes is this is what Holy Spirit has done in us as believers. Those are the attitudes that we have. And when we're not living up to them, what that means is we're a little out of step and we just need to use them to see what's going on. And so so the Beatitudes are Jesus saying, hey, this is what it looks like to be a citizen of the kingdom. These should be your attitudes. And we've been checking them out together. And uh, the first four that we've looked at, they're helping us to deal with things that are sort of they they uh, they keep us from fully experiencing the life that we're called to. And so Jesus challenges us to turn away from self-seeking, which is a big problem, from self-satisfaction, from self-serving. And then last week we were into staying away from self-righteousness and, and what a big deal that was. Now this one's a little different because now that we sort of got a hold of these things, and last week, remember, we talked about passion. Hungering and thirsting was about a passion. As the, as the people of God, we have a passion to press in and to, to press into our relationship with Him. Now there's some things that, that also should be happening in our life. And this next one that we're going to talk about is mercy. And uh, so it's a powerful thing, mercy. And so we're going to be talking about that together. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. But before we get to there, let's do some bad jokes. And let me say, these will be a perfect opportunity for you to practice some mercy. So I'm listening. Yesterday, my wife asked if I had seen the dog bowl. The dog bowl. And I said I didn't know that she could. <laughs> so part of this is true. We were looking, Alice and I, for a TV show uh, the other day, and there, there wasn't really any. But we found this one about uh, Dwayne Johnson. He's the rock, and he's running for president at some point in the future. And I think he might win, unless, of course, he runs against paper. A friend asked me to meet him at the music store in 45. I got there in 33, which is record speed. Hey, you know, I could have said like 78, but only a small group of people would have got that. 
Very small. You are included. You, I was just thinking, do you remember 40? How many of you remember 45s and the little adapter that you used to have? I do. Buying singles on 45 is a big deal. That's, a whole lot of I'm dating myself here. You are. And 40, what's a 45? Your time is up. I have no for idea. For the moment. It's hard time. It's hard for preachers to stop. But that's okay. We like, we generally like it, right? Amen. Good morning. Welcome. Good to see all y'all today. We are very grateful to be here this morning. And before we read the word, let's press into Papa, shall we? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, come. Come and break through our lives. Just fill this room again. Fill it again with your mercy today, Lord, as we learn and dive deeper into how merciful you really are. Father, just fill this room and fill our hearts that no one would leave here unchanged by your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Bless each person here, Father. At the sound of my voice, bless them all. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you please stand with me for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Colossians, and this is chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Blessed be the word of God. You can be seated. In verse 12 of the reading, when Alice was reading that, it's where it says, clothe yourselves with compassion. That word is actually mercy there. Uh, it can be translated either way. And then it's kind of a definition of mercy that follows along there. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So um, that's what we're talking about today. And uh, what we're looking at, what is mercy? What's, what's mercy all about? Uh, so... Let me, I'll, I'll try and define it and then we're going to try and explain it. Okay, so kind of two different things. Mercy, a definition would be it's a compassionate response to human need. That's what mercy is, a compassionate response to human need. Grace and mercy are often mentioned together. They differ slightly. Grace deals with sin and guilt. Mercy deals with the consequences of sin and guilt. And what's supposed to happen is we realize God's mercy towards us. Um, that that mercy then should flow out of us into the world around us. And so it always, you know, 
God's economy, everything always starts with God. He gives us undeserved mercy. And then as we realize the mercy that we're getting, we let it flow out of us. And then this thing happens where um, we, ex- we extend mercy and then he gives us more mercy. And we extend mercy and he gives us more mercy. That's what's going on as we look at, uh, in particular, the, the first beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's what's happening there. Uh, but, you know... One of the things I was thinking about this week in, in trying to explain that, uh, this idea of mercy and why it's very important in the Beatitudes here, is that oftentimes mercy is not our default response. And, and so what we need to look at, well, what, what is then, what do, you, what do you think is the more, uh, the more sort of unfortunate normal response as we're going through our days and, and uh, as we're moving through each day? And, you know, I often say one of the big problems we have is we get ourselves in the middle of the story and, and as we're responding to situations. And I think what happens more often is that our default response is judgment. That's why the scripture compares all the time. Right? It says mercy triumphs over judgment. All right. And it's, it's in these things. It's in little things. It's in big things. But, you know, try and think about it in your own life, how often this is really true. We get going and we get busy and all these things. And if someone interrupts that in some way, often our first response is judgment. Now, you hear me all the time talking about driving down the road. I use that, you know, just as a silly example that everybody can relate to. But when you're driving down the road, if someone's not doing what they're supposed to do, is your response typically mercy? Or judgment. And, you know, I've been working on that for a long time. And now it's usually judgment that I don't say out loud. And then I try and find some mercy, but it doesn't always happen. Although, if I'm driving and I make a mistake, which does happen, uh, I always expect mercy right away. Like, well, they know I'm a good driver, really. That was just oops. Um, But it's often hard to find that in the midst of life. Because why? We get sort of consumed in our own story. And, you know, we think people should know what the fast lane is for. It's like it's got a name, that lane. It's actually called, you know, fast lane. (laughs) Passing lane. Never mind. Anyway, so, I'm a work in progress. That's why I'm an imager in training. I haven't arrived yet. But we need to see what that looks like. And I I always have this thing. uh, I love this story. Uh, and it's a it's a driving related story. So years ago, uh, 20 years ago, at least at this point, because my daughter was with me in the car. I think the whole family was there, but my daughter was there and she used to get car sick. She was in the front seat with me and uh, she was eight or nine when this happened. And we were up in Miami and I was driving a lot. Up. It seemed like I, back then I used to have to go to Miami a lot as I've as the years have progressed. You know, I, I sometimes I haven't been on the other side of the seven mile bridge for months. Right. I drive up. When when did that store get there? It's been there six months. Really? Huh. Anyway, I was up in the time. 20 years ago, when you drove around Miami, um, it was before the little Sun Pass deal uh, and before uh, uh, license plate technology, right? So if you remember back then, they had toll lanes and you used to have to put change in when you drove by. Or if you didn't have the change, you could drive through, you could stop for the where you had to give the money and change. But if you were driving up there a lot, you always had change because you didn't want to have to go in that line. And you also had this thing, I can't speak for you, but where you would try and see how fast you could shoot through that lane and get the quarters in. <laughs> right? It's like, ooh, it says 25, but I don't need 25. And it says stop. Ha <laughs> ha, not going to happen. <laughs> Well, the worst thing that can happen in the midst of that is that someone gets in front of you who doesn't have the correct change. 
<laughs> and I can even, I can tell you, I've, I've actually been that person. I expect everybody to get along. I'm finding a quarter on the floor. Those were the days. And, uh, but one time, I, I, this was happening, and someone obviously didn't, and we were backed up, and I was frustrated, and I must have voiced it out loud in the car. My judgmental thing happened. And my daughter, eight or nine years old, she, this was her response. Daddy, you're a pastor. <laughs> Ouch, is right. I still remember it. I think about it to this day. But, but see, I, I obviously wasn't reflecting mercy at that moment, right? It's judgment that's coming out. And we have to be looking at this. And, you know, extrapolate from that and take it into d- deeper situations. But that's what needs to be happening. So, so we need to be people of mercy. And it just needs to flow out of us. And the reason that it, uh, it should is because we need mercy. That's the connection. We, need, we desperately need the mercy of God. You know, but God's mercies are new every morning. I love that passage and I get it because my mercies are new every day, right? So I need mercy. I, I want it to happen in, in our life. And so, so how do we, you know, move into this? What does mercy look like? And uh, what's mercy in action? And fortunately, Jesus gives us, that's our model for life and ministry, and Jesus is so good about this. He gives us these great stories uh, uh, that we can learn from, so we can see what mercy really looks like. And uh, the story that I want to talk and share with you today is, is mostly, it's, most of you know it, is a parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a wonderful story, but there's some neat things I think we can look at in this parable together. So let me read it to you. It's in Luke chapter 10. That uh, begins in verse 25. It says this, on one occasion... An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. And let me just say, so these experts in the law, these are the Pharisees and the scribes and everything. They, they're always trying to sort of trap Jesus. Fascinating, you know, thing happening here because they, they were attracted to Jesus and yet they hated him at the same time. Uh, and uh, so it's just weird thing because they knew deep down he was God, but they didn't like the package and they were worried what it was going to do them. So they were, they, they couldn't help but go and listen. And at the same time, they're always looking for ways to trip him up. And here is what this lawyer is trying to do. He's trying to trip him up. He's trying to test Jesus. He says, teacher, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I love Jesus. He's answering back and pulling out the answers from him. It's a type of teaching, right? What is written in the law? You're a lawyer. He replied, you know, to this guy, how do you, how do you read it? And he answered, uh, verse 27, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, well, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. I love that. Because that's a toughie, right? That's always the answer Jesus gives us. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, the condensed ten, ten words. It was what humanity is supposed to be. Love God all in. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it looks like. That's what we're supposed to do. Now we realize we can't ever do that without Jesus and without the Holy Spirit. We can't even get close. But Jesus says that you got it. You got that figure. Go ahead and do that and you will live. And this guy sort of takes it in, but he wants to just himself himself. And you know, it's a crowd of everything that's going on. And it's a, it's a religious group. You know, when I use that word religious, it's not a good term, all right? So, so generally when I'm saying it, it means people who have dropped into that last beatitude and they're self-righteous and they're rule followers. Because we're, we're, we're relation people. We're relationship people. That's, we're pressing into Jesus. That's what we are. Uh, and so this group was not that. They were settling for rule following and letting everything define that. And so he wants to justify himself. So he says to Jesus, well then, okay, uh, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, and let me just say this too. 
The, the, the priest here and the Levite represent that group, the religious group. The Samaritans are people that that religious group hated. They hated Samaria. They avoided them at all costs. It was a deep hatred that went back to the exile. If you ever wonder why, go look it up. It's a great story about what happened. And I don't have time for that today. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. And they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Quick, I got this joke stuck again. It's a Sunday school joke. Sunday school teacher tells the kids this story. and says to little Susie, what would you do if you saw this man half beaten on the side of the road? Little Susie says, I think I'd probably puke. Okay, now... I've got to get that stuff off my brain. I'm sorry. I apologize. <sighs> he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. He couldn't even say the Samaritan. That's, you, you need to get the depth of this situation. They, they're just sort of shamed. The people that represented them did nothing. Here's a Samaritan. They hate it. Well, okay, fine. That, that guy, that one who uh, had mercy on him. And Jesus says this again. Go and do that. Go. That's how you're supposed to do it. Like it's a piece of cake. But that's what he's telling them. Go and do that. And, and so this is the story that we see and, and what we're looking into together. And so what can we learn from it? First thing I think you can learn from that is that mercy sees. Mercy sees. Mercy will get, help you have uh, and see the way that God does. Mercy sees distress. It doesn't walk through the world with blinders on. What do I mean? You know, we have this tendency, uh, if we're not careful, to be so sort of focused on our own little happenings that it, be, it becomes all about us. And we begin to miss what's going on around us. And we have this other tendency that even people around us sort of fade off into the background. And you've heard me say this before. They often become the machinery and scenery in your lives. And you just don't even notice them. They're either scenery, they're kind of back there. Oh, yeah, there's people, but I don't really. Or they're machinery, which means they're, they're serving you. And you don't really even notice them unless they're not sort of serving you the way you want to be served. If there's a problem, then all of a sudden you notice them. And if we're not careful, we get judgmental real quick. And you'll see this all the time. I see it happening all the time when I'm out and about, you know, in the Winn-Dixie and stuff, people being mean to cashiers. Listen, please, you, I know that I will say this from now again. Please be nice to cashiers at the grocery stores. That's not an easy job. And, and you should make their day. You should reflect God to them every time you get up. I don't care if you've been standing in line 30 minutes. You need to get up there and say, I am so thankful for you that I don't have to go out and hunt and grow all this stuff. <laughs> or I don't even know how to make mayonnaise. So, you know, I... I, I I don't know why I said that, but it's one of my favorite things, and I would be sad. (laughs) 
And you know, when you go to the restaurant, be kind to the server. They're just folks. Think of them as people that God loves. And, and you know, you have to start thinking, hey, these, they have backstories. They have family. They have things happening. They have crises. They have all this stuff. Bless them, bless them, bless them. That's what's supposed to happen. But you have to begin to see them. I'm reading through the Gospels, Jesus always saw the people that were kind of off in the margins and then moved towards them. He would stop whole parades and deal with people like that. And invite them into the kingdom. That was the heart of Jesus. Because mercy sees things in what's happening. The Samaritan, as he, as he traveled, it says, he came to where the man was, and when he saw him. So, he saw him. He, and he, it, he, he actually sees him with sort of the eyes of God. The priest saw him, and the Levites saw him, and what they do? Poof, other side of the road. Don't want to mess with them. And so we have to be willing to see. I shared this story, the last group. Uh, years ago story. You got some old stories today. Um, because I'm so much better now. <laughs> Just too embarrassed to tell you the current stories. I was a youth pastor. No, a long time ago. Early 90s. 90, 92, 93. And I was also planning a little church in Marathon at the time. And so I was, I was going up there during the week to try and, you know, introduce people, to invite them to the church. And uh, I would take the youth group. I was, the youth group. I was a youth pastor here. I would take the youth group up with me. And I'd take a few of them up, and we would go up on Wednesdays before the little meeting I was having, and, invite, and we would go and wash windshields in the parking lot of the stores up there and put little invites to church. It was just a way to sort of meet some people and go out. And, and so I was focused. That's what I was going to do on this particular Wednesday. And so, you know, I've got a thing to do. I'm, I'm on a mission, right? This is what we're doing. And I got the, the young folks in the car, and boom, we're heading up to Marathon, and I'm hurtling along the highway. Obviously, almost a speed limit. And um, I remember we, we'd gone over the hump there in the bridge, and uh, I saw a car broken down on the side of the road, on my, on my side lane, and I saw a young woman on by the car. And it was obvious that there was some distress there. But, you know, I, I'm just thinking, I, I got windshields to wash. And I get 10 feet past that car, maybe, and I'm traveling the speed limit, so it didn't take long to get there. I heard, and, and I don't know how the Lord speaks to you, but, but it, it always treats me pretty simple because I'm simple. Here, here's all I heard from the Lord say at that moment. Really? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it's a really. It wasn't mean. I, I mean, it wasn't gonna. It wasn't a. I'm gonna get you if you don't do this. It was just really. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what that means. That you're going to do these things for me, and yet here's a situation that you could move into, and you just drove it by, and I've got all these kids looking at me, and they just. And so I'm like, oh, so and I, I so I got to the end of the bridge, flipped around, came back, was able to actually turn on the bridge to get behind and offer this young woman some assistance. And it was funny though, because another part of the story, because I rolled down the window. And so she could walk up on the passenger side, and she looks in, and she sees me and these four kind of rough-looking teenagers. And she's like, no, nah, I'm all right. Never mind. <laughs> I had to spend the next five minutes convincing her, we're a youth group, and you're going to be fine. Let us help you. Here we are. And so she finally did, and we, we resolved all that. But you get, I, I was so focused on doing this thing, which was a good thing. That I sometimes miss other things. And I think we go through life that way. Now, you know, it's a crazy world. You need to at least ask about situations. You, it's not every situation we've got to have you deal with. But uh, maybe you can always at least offer up a prayer. You can make a phone call. or You can do something. But you need to be at least seeing them. And, and that's a big deal. So mercy sees. And then mercy has an internal impact has an internal impact. It does something to you. What it does is it, it stirs your heart up with compassion. You can feel it. 
That's what mercy is doing. It gives you a heart of compassion. It, it, you, you realize that something's going on and that you need to at least do something. What, what, whatever it might be, you need to do something. And the Samaritans, he took pity on him. That's what he did to the Samaritan. He saw it. The other guy saw it and walked off. No mercy. He sees what's happening. He has mercy and he does something about it. What he does is he has an external response. It moves into something else. And this was a pretty extravagant response. I'm not saying all responses are going to be like this. As I said, it could be that you see something and you make a phone call or you, you do something. You know, you pray. Something happens. But um, mercy does something to sort of relieve the distress that it sees. And look what the Samaritan does. Verse 34. He says, it went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him into an inn and took care of him. Like this is full like ambulance care, right? This is a pretty big deal. That he comes along. And the next day, he took out two denarii, so it gets even better, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra extra expense you may have. Takes him to an inn, cares for him over the night. So he's on a journey because he's got to go somewhere. He's got to go. But here's some money, and I'll come back on my way back. And if there's anything else, let me know. But, you know, he's he's making it through the night. He's going to be, so here you go. So so this is a great story. Well, our, our Beatitude says... Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, or they shall obtain mercy. And I said to you, that's all we want. We all, I, I don't, I hate speaking for everybody. I want as much mercy as I can get because I need it, because I have a lot of messes. I don't know about you, but I need, I desperate for the mercy of God. Uh, and I really like that tender mercy. The other mercy is a little tougher. The sort of severe mercy. It's mercy, but if you respond to the tender mercy, you know what I'm talking about. It's way better than the more severe mercy. Okay, so you, you're responding to those tender mercies, and we want more of that. And as mercy comes, you you extend mercy, and what's happening? But this this story is really cool. I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, um, but but you know when Jesus teaches in parables, he does that so we think. He wants us to dig in. It's, it's look, think about what's happening, what's going on in this story, and so there's lots of ways to read the parables and what they mean, and they can have multiple meanings. Well, in in this particular instance. I honestly think that one of the things that we're supposed to see is that Jesus is the Good Samaritan in this story. And he's modeling for us what it looks like. And one of the reasons I would say that to you is there's this passage of scripture in John 8, 48. This is great. This same religious group is talking to him. Jesus and the Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and demon possessed? You get that's rude, right? That's a rude opener. You wouldn't like it if somebody said it to you. And they're talking to Jesus. <sighs> Fully God, right? And I, look at Jesus' response. I'm not possessed by a demon, said Jesus. But I honor my father and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself. There is one who seeks it and he's the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. So I, I, I love the fact that he goes, well, I'm not demon possessed. But you notice he never distances himself from the Samaritan idea. Could have, but he doesn't. Why? I think he wants him to catch this story in Luke. It's part of the story. It's all these things are happening. And, and they need to see that what he's doing is that in that story, Jesus is a Samaritan. He's full of mercy. And, and so he sees us. Think, he sees us. We're the ones battered and broken. Sin and the enemy have took its toll on us. And we've been marginalized. And, and Jesus sees us. And he has compassion on us. And then he takes our mess on himself. He, he takes our 
garbage, our birth. He takes it all. What's he do with it? You know this part of the story. He takes it to the cross, that beautiful, wonderful time in history when he takes and, and, and just gets sin from all time that ever has, ever will, all the consequences of the fall. He, he just mercifully takes it all on himself, even though he didn't deserve any of it, takes it all on, and, and then he dies and he takes it with him. And then he defeats death and, and he raises again the beginning of new creation. This is the story of what Jesus is going to do, what the good Samaritan does. He pays for all of that mess at the cross. He comforts us. He cares for us. The oil and wine. Guess what? Picture of the Holy Spirit poured out. On us, All of this is wrapped up in that story, in that picture. And so he demonstrates what mercy is. And then as we sort of get that, we, we can step into this whole flow of mercy from him and into the world around us. And that's where we find life. And so really, my, my hope this week uh, is what you do is just kind of consider that. Go back and read Luke 10. Read this parable again and think about Jesus. And, and look for all the connections there because there's a bunch of them. It's a powerful story. And then my hope is that what happens is we, we make that change from, from judgment that's being our default to mercy and, and that we keep pushing through with mercy so we receive mercy and it flows the way it's supposed to. Amen? Next week we're talking about purity of heart, integrity. Looking forward to that too. Alice, come up. Let's pray. And uh, some of these folks need to go back and buy Girl Scout cookies. Because they've been thinking about them the whole time. <laughs> My wife said to me, there's one box of gluten-free left. If nobody goes back there and gets it, I say, well, put it aside. She's got $6 now. She's ready. <laughs> she only had five. I had to give her a dollar. It's not like I had to, you know, it was all good. <laughs> Oh, Papa, we need you. Yes. We need you, we need you, we need you. Won't you come? And just move among us and help us to reflect you to the world and to one another. Let us be people of mercy, to get in this mercy flow that's flowing from you. Let it flow through us so that it continues to flow and flow and flow. And, and help us to see the way that you do Help our hearts to be stirred the way yours is. And then help us to know what we're supposed to do. To listen to the Holy Spirit and then do that. And, and not be so sort of consumed by our own plans that we miss the better plan. The better story. And opportunities to see you move. And so would you just come and help us to rest in you and settle in you. and Reflect your image well to a world desperately needs to know you. Allie? As you give mercy, you receive mercy. What a wonderful promise. Amen? I have a couple words. Um, I feel like this week as I, as I pressed into the Lord, the Lord showed me someone that you've been grieving for about a year, maybe a little longer. And... And then we sang the song today, Graves into Gardens, and that one line kind of hit me when it says, you'll turn mourning to dancing. And I felt the Lord wanted me to say, and this may be for more than one of you out there listening or watching, um, I felt like the Lord said, can you feel it in your feet? It's coming. The dancing's coming. The joy is coming. And that's a real season God's bringing into your life. So I just pray that blesses you. If that's for any of you, just receive it. 
And then I joked about this earlier. I'm not sure if this is a word or just common sense. But there's a, uh, I saw a mom praying for a teenage daughter. Come on, you know, that's like it. That's like, duh, we all pray for our teenage daughters. But I felt like you're really distressed about what's going on in her life and her attitude. And the Lord, the Lord just showed me for you to be at peace. He showed me that you have a sister that the Lord wants to speak to your daughter through. And you just need to be at peace through that. And God's going to work through that. So if that's you or your family, God bless you guys. Amen. Thank you so much. Good. Also, this thing too, I, I just feel like somebody's been really dealing with some pain in their hip or hips. And uh, that God just wants to bless that and heal uh, some of that and take some of that pain away. You could be here. I'm watching online. But uh, just had that thought. Hips and shoulders. Let's go with both of those. That This, this thing's happening. And so, um, you know, if that's you, Papa, I pray right now for anyone who, who is uh, dealing with those issues that you would just touch and heal them now and give them peace and give them strength. And, and God, just move in power in these areas and, and refresh and renew and restore because you're such an awesome, awesome God. This whole amazing journey and story starts by knowing Jesus. I, I, I told you really the gospel when I talked about what happened at the cross and what Jesus did for us. And our response, the way that we get into this story, his story, is by uh, sort of acknowledging that. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? We, we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never made a little confession like that, do it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It starts like that. Online, you can do that as well. If you do that, text that word to me, heart, just so I know, to 305-745-7513, so I can celebrate with you, and it will probably respond to you and give you uh, some information, so, so that would be good, but I'll look later, and I can respond to that. So do that, best decision you will ever make. Church, thank you again for your amazing generosity. You're an awesome, awesome group, and uh, thank you for your faithfulness, uh, all of you watching and online and those here to your giving and your offering, your tithing. There's ways to do it uh, if you want digitally or through the mail. But there's an offering box there and there and two on the way out by the door uh, for those of you who would like to give that way. And with that said, let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Looks like a great day out there. Gets out there. Catch Well, it's a little windy. Catch some fish if you can. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Hope your team wins. That's enough. See you later. Bye. Thank you for watching online. We love you guys, and we're praying for you. Mercy, mercy, mercy. God love mercy. Next week, we'll talk about integrity, so get ready for that. But we were glad you were with us this morning. And I hope you guys have Girl Scout cookies wherever you're at, because that makes for a good day. God Amen. bless you all, and we'll see you soon. God bless Bye-bye. you guys. Bye-bye.